Sports fans, Mike Indolfo here with Ashley Miller and Kelly Patrick. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz, the the third edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz for this weekend. We had two editions out of the out at the track. It went really well with uh, Brian the Insider and myself. We actually broke news, Kelly, out at the uh, on the backside on Friday. Did you hear about this? I did not. So um, we were the first to report that El Kabir, an international star, were going to scratch. El Kabir then scratched about. Five hours after our show, an international star uh, scratched the next day. Uh, it was pretty exciting stuff. Wow. Okay. It's always good to break stuff. Yeah. It's exciting. How, how did those show? You guys had two shows? We had a show Friday right before the Oaks, and we had a show Saturday. We had a two-hour show yesterday. It was, it was a lot of fun. So I'm a little tired, though. Sure. You've been very active. I've <laughs> been very active. <laughs> Ashley, how, how was your derby experience? I mean, it was fine from my couch. In yeah. my bed, which is where I spend the majority of the day working on a few different projects. But it was a good day. It was relaxing. Um, got a little family time in. It was just another day. I said we're going to do Derby next year, though. The Derby was crazy. I mean, the, the weather that we had for these two days and the crowds. I mean, we had we hit over uh, they hit over 170,000 people yesterday. I mean, oh, see, um, since I watched the fight yesterday or last night, um, all a lot of the celebs that were here for Derby took, like, private jets to vegas right after oh wow first talk to you was tom brady yeah <laughs> like tom weren't you just in kentucky <laughs> wow in a perfect world that's what i would do right i think we all would because then you, you know what i would have done the trifecta i would like to be present for that los angeles clippers san antonio spurs game seven the derby so i'd have hit up la louisville and vegas all in one day <laughs> all in one day trifecta i just need go. a really fast jet there you go yeah, the, um, I, they, they lost in like the last second. Is that what happened yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. I know, there was something weird that happened I heard at the end of that game with like an inadvertent horn. I didn't actually see it. Um, I think the Spurs were setting up for you know, a play with one second to go with a chance to win the game. And they, uh, before they threw it in, and the horn sounded. So it kind of tipped their hand about what they were going to run. And uh, they had to go again. So they... There was no element of surprise for their their last second play, um, you know. Significant that the the defending champions. A lot of people forget. I know I do that the San Antonio Spurs team is the defending champions, knocked off. Yeah, I, more significant. I think about what's going to happen with them next. With uh, Manu, I think Manu's a free agent. Tim Duncan's a free agent. Obviously, Ginobili's older. Tim Duncan's older. You know, due to retool. To kind of keep their thing going. Because I don't think they're really interested in rebuilding there. I don't know what you would do unless you can somehow have Tim Duncan sit out a year like they did with David Robinson back when he was injured, get the number one overall pick, bring in somebody like who? I don't know. Who would be the... Next year? Any equivalent to Tim Duncan? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Who? Nobody. They're not going to... Yeah, they're not going to take one of these young guys and it's not going to become Tim Duncan, so... No. Not right away, at least. Tim Duncan is probably the last of his kind in that. Seriously. In that he's a four-year player. He represents. You could argue what's great about basketball. He played four years at, at Wake Forest. Had a great career. Went on to. I mean, he's just, the best power forward to ever play the game. Best power forward, arguably top five player ever. Won five titles. 
don't know about that. Possibly. I don't know if he's a top five player ever, but he's... I would argue that he may be right, uh, at least right up there, possibly for productivity wise on the court, impactfulness ahead of Magic and Larry. Whoa! Ooh. Oh, five zero two three eight four. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. I think he may be partying too much last night. Yeah, that's that's not. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline. We'd love to hear your feedback. Am I getting carried away by saying Tim Duncan is a top five player? We ever? already told you. Uh, yes, you are. I think I think there's an argument to be made that he could be a top ten guy, but I don't think a top five. He's I mean, won five rings. Yeah, I understand. that. Magic Johnson had some little guy named Oh yeah, Kareem Abdul Jabbar on his team for many of his rings. And the, well, and then all those teams had top three. I mean, yeah. Larry who who had, did Tim Larry Duncan have? Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. And They're great players. I mean, Larry Bird had Kevin McHale, <laughs> Robert Parrish. Now, the better argument would be is is Popovich. Popovich to me is one of the top three coaches of all time. Up there with who? Red Auerbach and Phil Jackson. NBA coaches, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Who else is in that conversation? Yeah, that's almost not debatable. Who, who else is in that conversation? Pat Riley, Chuck Daly, one two. I would I mean, say that. That the, both those guys had to be in that conversation. I don't know a lot of the older basketball. I mean, Hubie Brown, I think, has to be in that conversation. Yeah, you got to put Hubie Brown in there, I think. Um, did Hubie even win a ring? Yeah, I guess he did. Yeah. He was the coach of... The Bucks, maybe, when they won. Okay, with Lou Alce, or with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, but Hubie also had... Larry Brown won ABA. a title at both the collegiate and professional level. Hubie had an ABA title as well, though. Okay. Speaking of coaches, what about Billy Donovan? Wow, big news. Billy Donovan bouncing... About 10 years after he accepted a, for one day, accepted an offer with the NBA's Orlando Magic and then re, uh, rebutted on that offer. You know what? Hubie Brown has not won an NBA title, only an ABA so title. So Hubie Brown, although very influential, one of Rick Pitino's mentors, possibly doesn't deserve to be in that conversation. Oh, I don't know. Shade. Oh, oh shade. No, I mean, shade is that, thrown. I think that's, I mean, there's some legitimacy to that. You have to win titles, right? I may have just thrown Chuck Daly's name in there. Does Rudy Tomjanovich deserve to be in the conversation? If, if Chuck Daly does, uh, Chuck Daly, to his credit, one great thing he did was he coached the greatest team ever, which is the 92 Dream Team. That's true. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich only wins titles because Jordan's out of the league, right? Ooh, oh, shade. Is that true? Shade, shade being thrown this morning. <laughs> Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. What did you all think about the race yesterday? So tell me tell me about your derby experience. What, where were you? Where were you? Did you watch it? What was it like? I mean, I had my perspective. I was there, obviously. And um, and Ashley, I know you, you were I at home. I was at home on my couch watching. Kelly? I was at work, and I, I got to catch it, but it was very brief, and I... I it was exciting. It was a great field. The, the favorite one. And for the second year in a row. I mean, we've gone, we went a long time without having favorites winning. And uh, now we have two in a row. Same jockey, uh, Victor, Martin, Victor Espinoza. I keep on wanting to go Victor Martinez, Mexican, who plays baseball. Mexican uh, um, I loved his, I wouldn't say that I absolutely loved his post-race interview. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> he said, I'm the luckiest Mexican ever. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It was awesome. It was so cool. And I didn't um I didn't know his uh story about yeah. how he used to like ride a drive a bus and all that stuff. Just so he could afford to get a jockey school. Yeah. I didn't even I also did not know that there was a such thing as a school. I guess this is my ignorance about um jockeys and how they are trained. But um it was really interesting because I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. We and we had a great uh Oaks field as well. I mean you had an Oaks field where the horse that finished last had beaten the horse that finished first previously. Mm. I mean, that, and uh, you had a 56-year-old jockey on the winner of the Oaks horse. 
um, it was so the derby race was so different because we usually have one long shot that's kind of in the money somewhere. We had three kind of chalk horses finish the derby, and they basically led the entire way. You know, yeah. I was hoping for so my favorite horse of all time, Secretariat. I was hoping for some pullaways like that. Like I love when a horse comes from the very back to win the race because it's so exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. But I still liked um, what's his name, American American Pharaoh. Pharaoh did a good job. Like the, on the home stretch, I feel like he really turned it on. It was definitely an interesting race to watch. I sometimes like when the favorites win, particularly when it's named American Pharaoh, because it's kind of the best of two of my both my favorite worlds. Obviously, America and then Egypt. Well, Brian and I felt like there was three super horses in the race yesterday. We, super horses. And we basically said that even if those super horses don't win, which we predicted that they would not, of course, one of them did. The that the uh, didn't mean that they weren't super horses, and I, we could really come out of this race with some just really quality three year olds that can really. You know, it's not like Floyd Mayweather. They, this American Pharaoh is going to beat somebody. So um, it's it's someone who it's going to be really exciting. The Preakness, if Baltimore can get their crap together and pull this race off, and um, hey, I honestly I do not have my hopes up. No, it's it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, they got to go to Preakness. They got to go to Baltimore in two weeks. Two weeks, and there's there's still a lot of silver unrest, and I I mean, if they if they're able to pull this off, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of prep work that's going for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Arguably the biggest day of the year for our show, right? Yeah. Being that yeah. we're boxing, you know, I'm a boxing fan, and we had the... The um, horse racing issue. The horse racing, the, the horse race. What do they call it? Oh, yeah, Kentucky Derby went off yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah, that thing. The biggest sporting event yesterday was the one in Kentucky. According to what? I mean, the how good it was. According to real life. I mean, because everybody knew it was going to happen in that boxing fight. <laughs> yeah. Even though I will say so I paid a hundred dollars for it. Just did because you? I did. Be- why? Because I love Manny Pacquiao. Okay. As a human being, Floyd Mayweather, I would punch in the face. Nobody likes Floyd away. Mayweather. Well, actually, I wouldn't because he would run away. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to because he'd would, run from you. Yeah. Um, oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Sh- shade thrown. Yeah. Ashley, um, Ashley Miller, uh, Floyd Mayweather, possibly September matchup. I think I would do fight him in MMA because then he couldn't run, <laughs> just run and tackle him. People hate Floyd Mayweather. He draws crowds. That's the biggest boxing <clears throat> event ever, fiscally. Um, Did any, either of you catch any of the pre-fight? Um, not yesterday, but in the week before the fight, a lot of the I think particularly HBO was doing some of the, um, actually, no, ESPN did a story on his domestic violence history. Yeah. Um, and he, they interviewed some of the people on the Las Vegas, um, oh, in the Nevada commission, and asked them why was he never, was his license to fight in Nevada ever revoked? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, and, and it resulted in a couple specifically outspoken female reporters in Michelle Beadle, ESPN. And Rachel Nichols. Yeah. ESPN. Trying to get you to, to boycott the fight, right? That yeah, was they were deal. very outspoken in um, an anti-domestic violence campaign was basically thrown at Floyd Mayweather, which well, is so, fair. Unfortunately. Fair. But the Floyd, the money team, and the people who, who rule the sport somehow initially denied both Rachel Nichols and Michelle Beadle press passes. Did you all hear this story? No, I did, I did not. hear that. I heard that. And then it, I also read that um, 
he then like denied that he had anything to do with that. Yeah, and they, they ended up getting passes, but I mean, historically, there's been many cases of domestic violence among. I mean, look, I mean, Chris Brown is is a very famous musician. hasn't impacted his career too much. James Brown it did for a while. It did and for a while. There, there's did. many cases over the years of domestic violence. Um, people still being successful. At the same time, we live in a country where we have freedom of speech. These people should be able to launch campaigns and promote awareness and, and um, have a cause, and that's what media is. If you're the bad guy and you're Floyd Mayweather and that's who you are, I'm not saying embrace what he's done, but you, why not have people expressing their feelings and, and acknowledging what has happened? I mean, they're very disturbing stories. Particularly when he's still in trial for one case. Yeah, and his children have written statements specifically outlining how he was violent toward their mother in front of him. Um, and, I mean, just some pretty bad stuff. Floyd Mayweather's not a saint by any stretch. He doesn't claim to be either, though. He doesn't claim to be. Doesn't mean he's a great guy. He's just somewhat honest and realistic. He certainly doesn't claim to be. You're right. You see that Stephen A. Smith interview a couple weeks ago where, even though everybody already hates him, he's embracing that heel role, and he's bragging about his watch being $300,000. And it's, the big thing for me was the mouth guard. I heard about the mouth guard yesterday. 25000 $25,000 mouth guard because it was shredded up $100 bills and solid gold. <laughs> I, mean, I hope he uses that in each fight and he doesn't just take it and Oh, he's makes only a, got one more. So. Makes Eric Bledsoe's no, grill look, uh, look, look ridiculous. Modest. Yeah. Do you all believe that he's done in September? Well, first of all, will he really got, fight in September? He doesn't have anybody to fight now. That's so. what I said. Yes, he'll fight. Will, he, will it be a rematch? No. Will he earn as much money as he did yesterday? No. Will he earn a lot of money? $300 million. What's that? $300 million. They showed... Wait, what, 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 $300 million, what's that? That he made. What? They said that between... <laughs> if the fight went the entire 10 rounds, or 12 rounds, which it did, that he and Pacquiao would split $138,000 per second. Jeez. The... Just ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> the thing that makes me mad. Countries could be bailed out of their financial deficit from this, the proceeds from this fight. The thing that makes me mad, though, is he's like on the pre-fight doing the interview talking about how he doesn't even really love boxing anymore. Nope. You know? I mean, he doesn't even really. He said, did he love boxing as much as he once did? No. No. And it's like he doesn't, he's just going, he's just out there. I mean. He's doing his job. That's fair. I mean, I wouldn't probably love if the only thing I could do was go out and inflict pain or, or avo- win a fight against someone, I could see where that would get old. Doing your job. The biggest, baddest guy in the world has a shot at punching you in the head, and you do it, and that's how you earn your living. I could see that getting old. I think Ashley and I have a unique perspective on this because doing your job is, employing, is, is, is implying that you're an employee. Yeah. Okay? He's that's a true. business owner. That's true. If you're a business owner and you're not passionate about what you're doing, you, get out of business. you need to get out of business. I, I mean, agree with that 100%. So you're suggesting Floyd hangs him up? He needs to hang him up. I mean, for example. <laughs> He's not going to. So this week I announced that like, I'm starting this women's health and wellness practice, which has been my dream. However, six months ago I was an employee and I was not happy with my job. I didn't really love it as much as I once did. Um, so I got out of that business and started my own. So I believe when it does feel like Floyd's like somebody's like owning him right now. He doesn't answer to anybody. Showtime, I guess, because he has under. Everybody answers to some degree to someone. You two are business owners, and that's great. And I'm not trying to throw shade. You, to some degree, answer to your, your I mean, clients and your the uh, uh, government regulations. What's I mean, that? yeah, I, mean, I have to answer like the Kentucky Real Estate Commission and that kind of stuff. But 
mainly I know what my parameters are there and I can do whatever I want within, within those, parameters. those parameters. Sure. Yeah. So it's like if I decide, you know what, I don't I don't want to do this job anymore. You can just yeah. I'll just leave. Sure. If I'm gonna take the day off tomorrow, guess what? I take the day off tomorrow. I think what Floyd was probably saying is it was, it was exhausting the training camp he went through to keep himself. He, nobody in. told him he had to fight two times a year. Everybody just hates Floyd and I, I ended up I end up defending him most of the times, although I'm not necessarily his biggest fan. But well, you just like people who have domestic violence charges. Oh my God! Ooh. I mean, this is your U of L football team. Your uh, all this stuff. So, um, plenty to talk about on the weekend sports buzz this morning. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Kentucky Derby yesterday. Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. We're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. First round is in the books. Looking forward to who will win the title. Kevin Love is out at Cleveland. That uh, that's a big story. too. Truly, so much in the he's air. He's like is, out, out. Yeah, or, he's out. I out. The last I heard, they said two weeks, maybe. No, I heard he's done for the I playoffs. I think he's out. He's done wow. for the playoffs. The San Antonio Spurs, the defending champions, are out against and by the hands of the Los Angeles Clippers, who everybody hates. Everybody <laughs> in a similar manner to to uh, how people feel about Floyd Mayweather, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Um, their attitude and their their attitude problems that are very apparent when you watch them play have resulted in many people disliking them, but they just knocked out the defending champs. So we've got plenty to talk about. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the weekend. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Here on 1450, we are the only locally owned sports radio state in the city of Louisville and southern Indiana market. We join you every Sunday from 10 o'clock until noon, talking all things in the world of sports. Very significant weekend for sports as a whole, especially if you live in the Louisville-Southern Indiana market. Kentucky Derby yesterday, um, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight last night, NBA playoffs in full swing, first rounds in the books. Major League Baseball is, the season is early, but it's in effect. We're getting our, our teeth into the what is Major League Baseball for this year. Always have college basketball and college basketball recruiting type talk to do. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man, the truth. How are you doing this morning, truth? Well, first, let's get a, let's get about this fight. It was what you expected. I don't know what other people expected. Floyd Mayweather come out to get, give us a little bit of taste and pack out just get paid. That's all it was. Did Ford, you watch it? Did you watch the truth? Huh? Did you watch it? Yes, I won I just I told everybody it was just what it's gonna be. You got guys who should have fight five years ago and both of them just got a good payday. That's what it was, their last great payday. What do you think this uh how what do you think this does for the next pay per view in boxing? Do you think people will shell out the money to watch, you know, not very entertaining fights again? I here's what I believe. People go here in America if we just you know, like in the days when Muhammad Ali was boxing, a lot of people want to see Muhammad Ali get beat, 
same thing with Floyd Mayweather. People say they go not gonna go out, they gonna go bad just to say they see him get beat up. So it's gonna be driven by his haters. That's- hey, what about that San Antonio basketball game last night? My goodness. I didn't I did not get to see it and I don't think Kelly got to see it, but you know, I did hear about kinda of how it went down. It was kinda of shady at the end. Hey, you know what I wish people do? I wish they give Tim Duncan uh, his due that put Tim. I can say now, Tim Duncan is one of the top four players ever played in the NBA. Yes. You, can, you can't even argue with that. Listen, this man is 39 years old, put up 27 points and 11 rebounds. You <laughs> just don't earn that. Uh, truth, I uh, actually really respect your basketball opinion. So I want to hear who are the. In your mind, who are those top four guys? My four top, uh, my four top guys. Here's the Bill Russell, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, Tim Duncan, and I tell you somebody else. Uh, people don't might disagree with me on it. Is Kobe Bryant? So, so no Larry Legend, no Magic Johnson, no Kareem Kareem Abdul Jabbar, no Will Chamberlain, no Oscar Robinson. None of those guys fit in that book. I'm, I'm tell people why I don't put Magic Johnson on there. Here's why: uh, between Magic and Kobe, here's what separates Magic and Kobe. Kobe could play both ends. If the, you look at the Lakers championship team, they they couldn't help nobody. Michael Cooper was the best player who could stick one on one, but the Lakers played basketball as a team. And one reason I don't like about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he was a good. But he played around a lot of great players, and it seemed like he didn't have to play that hard. He was still good, you know. I'm saying, but Bill Russell, you got to put him there. He was a great. Uh, and my fifth player would be Walt Bell. Whoa! All right. Okay. Hey, right, let me ask you a question. I'm gonna leave y'all with this. I'm gonna ask you two questions. What happened to the guy going to Kentucky? And what's up with Thomas uh, Maker? Thomas Baker Thon, or Thon Maker? Huh? Thon Maker. What's up with him? <clears throat> well, I honestly believe in Thon Maker's case, he's trying to figure out if he's even going to be eligible to play uh, basketball next year. And he's it's looking more and more like he will um, more than likely play overseas, as, if I had to guess. And, you know, we, I, I thought it was going to be tough. I thought Kentucky would po- potentially strike out on these guys, and it looks like they, they probably are. They did get the Michael Mulder rec- uh, commitment from uh, the JUCO and, um, you know, it, it, they're going to be fine. I'm not too worried about Kentucky overall, what, how they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be just unbelievably great, but they're, they're going to be top 15, and they're going to be fine. And I, I do I think that you could be better. I heard that there's some red flags on him. Is that true? On, on Maker? With that, 100%, yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be transcript issues. There's going to be uh, – it's going to be heaven – and now they're saying – he's saying if he enrolls in college, he might not even enroll until December – so whoever he gets will only get him for half a season. So that's why it's probably looking more likely that he's just going to go play overseas. Okay. Well, anything on news on the Hoosier Nation? Uh, not re- not yet. We're just they're really. I was out at the Under Armour event last year and, and uh, IU or last week, and IU was very active. Uh, they're looking. They were. They had you know three coaches there at different times. Cream was there at least two days. Um, and I think this. I think Thomas Bryant coming in is kind of 
breathe in some fresh life into the Hoosier program. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to me. Indiana should finish top 20, no doubt about it, and they should get to the probably get to the second weekend of the tournament. If they don't do that, I have a feeling that you're going to be looking for a new basketball coach. Hey, guess what? I'm I'm in agreement with you. I'm I'm going online. The I'm telling people he at least got to get to the final four just to keep his job. He's and I think talent wise, they could surprise people and they could be a top ten team. All right, I'll see y'all next week, and I hope y'all didn't spend that money on uh, Floyd Mayweather. You could have brought your mother a good holiday uh, <laughs> gift. <laughs> All these people could have spent all that money on their Mother's Day. Mother's Day is uh, next Sunday. So I got my money. I kept my $100. Give to my mother. Y'all be blessed. All right, man. So uh, Truce's top four basketball players of all time. Can't argue with Bill Russell or Michael Jordan. No. Are we all in agreement on that? Yeah. Yep. My, my take on Magic versus Kobe is that I don't, I don't know that Kobe makes the people around him better. And I think not. to be a great player – uh, you also he didn't even like LeBron's not even sniffing the conversation, which I think is hilarious. Well, his, uh, his book is be, not yet yeah. to be written. Well, so is Kobe's. He still would be in my no, list. Kobe's done. Kobe's retired. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's not retired. He's ruining his legacy. He needs to retire though. I think Kobe, even though I don't like him at all, I, to be considered a great player, you have to make all the guys around you did, better. How much better did Michael Jordan make the players around him? Uh, he made Scottie Pippen a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. How, how would Scottie Pippen have been if he was drafted to the Bucks? Ask the uh, where did he go? Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> after that was after the fact, though. That was in his. He was still in his prime. Years. He was still in his prime. He was still. They, that was a weird deal. They had him playing point guard. <laughs> Do you remember that? Scottie Pippen on his own wasn't going to get it done. Michael Jordan made everybody: John Paxson, Bill Cartwright, Horace Grant. He made all those guys. Well, you better could say players. Kobe Bryant. You could take a similar argument. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan on the court are very similar players. Am I, I wrong? I don't see it. Say that again? Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan on the court are very similar. Absolutely not. Michael Jordan's better and was greater. But they had, I mean, you could, if, Kobe, you, if you could somehow mask them, you could argue at some points you couldn't tell who's the diff, different player. I would, I would agree with the, when they had the ball in their hand. But um, Michael's a more willing passer than Kobe is. Kobe shot more threes. And, um, I don't, and I think when you look how they play off the ball, I think Michael was... Ten times better than Kobe. How they play off the ball. So, and that that's a big part of Michael understanding how defenses are going to play him. That's a big part of making the other guys on your team better. About hey, if I do this, it's going to open up this for someone else. And Kobe, I don't think Kobe really gets that. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, regardless, I like to hear that the truth agrees with me that Tim Duncan's a top five player of all time. I like that. You guys disagree with me? That's okay. Everybody has their opinions. That's what Sports Talk Radio is for. I think you've got to put Oscar Robertson in that, in that conversation above Duncan. I think you've got to put... How many titles did he win? The Does guy? that determine the greatness of a player? We've had that conversation before. Man, in basketball, Dan Marino. In basketball Dan yes, I no, think it does. It Dan Marino sucks. No, bat- football's entirely different. No, you have tw- it's not. 22 starters on a team for football. You have five in basketball. If you're truly great in basketball, I feel you can put some pieces together around you and win titles. Football, in my opinion, is an entirely different argument. 22 players start in football. Oscar did win a title in 71. I'm sorry, with, with Milwaukee? Yeah, I believe so. Was, was Kareem on his team? Uh, no, yeah, Kareem was probably still in college at that. It would have been, it would have been close, or wasn't even in college. I'll bring it up, but 
wonder who the coach was of that team. We'll bring it up. Regardless, um, great conversation to be had. Are you there? Yeah, we lost okay. you. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I, I do think, though, regardless if Tim Duncan's a top five player, I think we do have a super horse. And I think we got a chance of having a triple crown. I, well, we, we always have this like triple crown fever now, right? This is what happens. Yeah. We have triple crown fever. It, it takes over. Um, but I, and I like how Baffert's working this horse. And it was really interesting to me because he kind of pulled, um, he pulled American, he treated American Pharaoh and Dortmund completely different. He brought a Pharaoh over extremely early from California and got him on the track. He, for like nine out of 10 days, he went a mile and a half workout on that track. And then the Sunday before the Derby, he went five furlongs extremely hard. He didn't even bring Dortmund to the track until Tuesday and worked him a lot lighter. Um, but he got Farrell ready for that distance. And I, th- I think Farrell could do it. So, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. We got somebody on the line now who I'm sure has a thing or two to say about the weekend of races. We got our man, Brian the Insider. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? I'm a little tired. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike, I bet you are tired. Did you, uh, did you make it up and watch the fight? Um, I did, but I did fall asleep in like round ten. I, I'm telling you, it was that boring. Well, it was that boring to me. <laughs> well, I tell you, it was a great derby. It was a little anticlimactic for me, Mike, as you know, and anybody listened on the program yesterday. I was really hoping that some uh, long shots uh, would have done a little better and brought a little value into the race. But uh, hats off to American Pharaoh and the California horses. I mean, they really went. One, two, and three, and that's something you and I debated on the uh, on the show yesterday. Was you know how strong were these horses coming out of California, and how well were they tested? And they obviously they also did okay. So <laughs> we, our picks were not so good for the Derby. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it was interesting. I think um, now my long shot upstart finished dead last, sixty lengths back. I think oh. upstart still at Bristol Down. But we had data to back that up, you know. We that was a that was an intelligent pick. He just had a he must have just had a bad ride. Where to me, Victor Espinoza's his ride on this horse was amazing. And then it was you know we've had our favorite now win two years in a row, extremely rare. And but not only that, but the top those top the Pharaoh and Firing Line and Dortmund were basically the one, two, and three the entire race. Yeah, yeah, nothing changed, and kind of like last year's. I mean. You know, uh, they got right out in front, and uh, nobody really made ground up. The one thing that I was surprised about was the time. Once again, 2.03, which is a really very slow derby. And, uh, you know, there was really no reason it was slow because the the ones that won had no traffic. They got right out, and they had to, you know, they set the pace, and no one came at them. So uh, disappointing uh, time, and maybe not nearly as competitive and maybe not as many great horses in the field as we all thought well i'm going to disagree i mean i think that this is a more of a product of the point system than anything else and again you and i talked about this a little bit yesterday there's no more of these rabbits that are put into the race to to drive the pace early and we're what are we in is this year three for the point system what was that is it year three for the point system is that what we got? Yeah, no, I think I think it's actually maybe maybe year four. I'm not sure, but it seems to have been a while. But you're right. There is not the, the speed horses that just 
got some graded earnings and got in there and got it going. But in hindsight, maybe that was better for the better because it set up these 50-to-1 long shots that would come off the pace. What we've got now is just the speed duel on the front end and, and all those horses in the back just, you know, bumping into each other. But nobody, I mean, I watched the race a couple times after it was over last night. Very little, nothing really changed from the first turn all the way to the end. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's definitely been interesting. I think, I really think the point system is just changing it all. I mean, we're, I think the point system is going to, we're going to see more favorites win in with the point system. Uh, we're going to just, it, I just feel like it's, it's really having the biggest impact, um, on this, on this thing. I think uh, maybe we do need to figure out how to get the Phillies and the Rabbits in the race to set that pace. Phillies! But they all, uh, the, they're yeah, going to stalk. I was hoping Ashley would have had a horse in there. We thought Take Charge Brandy was going to be there, but, uh, Ashley, you're going to have to promote that a little bit more and maybe get a, uh, a Take Charge Ashley in there. Maybe. We may have to go into the horse business. <laughs> and yeah, Ashley, did you have a good derby? I had a great derby. Um, I didn't go take part in festivities, but I had a great derby for my living room couch. <laughs> you know, that sounds like a good relaxing derby to me. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, this was. This was the third year for the point system. And when you think about it, third year, okay, you're right. Orb, Orb wasn't a big long shot. I mean, Orb was one of the favorites, and we. So in the three years no, of the point right. system, we've had three of the chalk horses come in and win this thing. Yeah, you're right, and 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 I think they've all done it. I'll have to go back and look at Orb, but I think they've all done it on the front end. I mean, uh, and which you know. I tell you what, that really changes the comp- complexion of the Derby because that's really what the Derby's been known for is these, you know, closers that have come off the pace at big numbers and just crazy stuff happening right at the end. And since the point system has been implemented, we haven't seen those kind of finishes. And uh, that the orb race was just under 203. Yesterday was just over 203. And then uh, California Chrome was just over 203. And so all the time since then. Which, which is bad. I mean, you know, you and I talked about it on the show. I think Brother Mac called in last week saying that with all these great horses, we'd get a record time. I mean, the record time is 159. The two sub-minute, two-minute miles like we talked about yesterday were, of course, Secretariat and Monarchos. But, I mean, you're talking four seconds, you know, and is, is the breed is, is thoroughbreds getting slower? Or I mean, you know, that's that's a very puzzling Andrew Beyer, who, who has got the Beyer speed figures for daily racing form, he wrote an article last year after uh, California Chrome's win saying basically that the, the thoroughbred has peaked and is now no longer uh, getting better. And, and, you know, and that very well could be true. I mean, again, I just feel like you have every single horse in there trying to run the same style. They're all trying to stalk and wait till the, to make their move. And, uh, you know, and I, I think we almost need to have – to get back to those long shots, to get back to having these great closing finishes, we might have to get some rabbits back in the race. Yeah, it. Uh, Orb was the actual favorite. How many horses go on to Preakness? And uh, and also interesting, as we talked about yesterday on the show, with all the social unrest in Baltimore, what kind of impact that's going to have on this year's Preakness? It'll be it'll be very interesting to see and. Uh, I had a lot of fun with you this weekend, and I think uh, if anyone listened, we had top-notch derby coverage. We're breaking stories. We yeah, were, Mike. We were on top of it. Thank you very much, Mike. That was great. That was a real thrill for me being out both days on the backside, and I couldn't have enjoyed that more. And I thought uh, 
I thought we'd go, and I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, great calls for, for those you and the listeners that have it, didn't know. Mike broke the news that uh, on Friday, on Friday before we went on the air, that El Kabir and um, international star, international star, Ken Ramsey horse would be scratched, and it did not happen. Uh, international star did not scratch till Saturday, and I think later Friday El Kabir. So, best I could tell, Mike was the first media outlet to break those uh, scratches, which was big news. And uh, hopefully, that just means we get to do it again next year. <laughs> so I hope so too. <laughs> but Brian, take care. It was uh, it was great talking to you, and uh, and and I'm looking forward to 142. Thank you. Great show, guys. I'll be listening. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks so much, Brian. Great stuff there. Three. Conti- continuing on our coverage for 1450 WXVW of the the, the Derby weekend. Yeah, three years of the point system, three favorites. The three absolute top favorites have won every race. What does that tell us? It's got to tell us something. No one's even really talking about that, which is really interesting to me that we've had this this point system in place and the favorites come out three times and we'd struggled for so many years before that to even have a favorite come in. You know, besides Fushiachi Pegasus, it was that was the only other one. Do you all care at all? I'm, gonna I'm not going to say that it is the easiest thing for me to follow. Ashley, what, what do you think? Eh. <laughs> I mean, you it really your, just depends on what's going on. You enjoyed your morning on the backside. I really enjoyed my morning on the backside. I love horses, and I think they're beautiful. I, when I was little, I used to be like, I'm going to race a horse in the derby one oh, day. Oh, my goodness. Before you knew you were going to be like 5'10". Well, no, no, not be like the jockey and be like own the owner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before okay. I realized how much money that costs. Well, uh, you know what, though? I need to call the chic. It doesn't always cost that much. I, I mean, I mean to breed and train and look all at what that. happened though yesterday. Those guys only had like like fifteen thousand dollars into that horse I, I mean, into it. But what about the monthly maintenance fees? That's what well, I'm you know what. About. But California Chrome, he starts winning. He pays like you know. I'm I'm in horse racing a little bit. Yeah, and I'm in at the cheapest level you could be in. Okay, uh, in the ownership level, we never have to pay in. The horses pay for themselves if they do perform on the track. If, but what if they don't? All right, but and I'm sure for every one horse it, that is pretty good and great. Oh, statistically, no, you could spend as much money. money on it as you wanted to. It's a great way to lose money. I'm also just saying <laughs> that you could, I, yeah, you don't. You're doing it for the entertainment value. You're not doing it necessarily to make money. You would just want to hope that you can break even. But you're right. If you're doing it at the lowest level, where you go in with a pool, and you, if you're trying to buy your own horse, and then you you foot the bill for the monthly maintenance and all that. Even if you buy a cheap horse, it's not cheap. No, it's not. Not, not, not cheap for me. Right. No, I, I agree. But listen, but this is the one sport where the average fan, the average man can go out and be a part of it and have a chance at actually winning at the highest level. And, I mean, I had a friend of mine who was in a, in a syndicate, went to the Breeders' Cup. I had another friend of mine who had in a syndicate, and they had a piece of one of the derby horses and a horse in the Oaks. Very and, interesting, and, and, and it makes it easy to follow. If you have friends who own a horse here, you're there. There's a lot to be said for stuff like that. Or even if you know Jim Rome, Jim Rome owns a horse. Or what other celebrities owned horses who, who raced this weekend? Uh, well, you know, Rick Patino has a horse. He didn't race this weekend. Golden Sense? Yeah, but he's had a lot. I mean, he's, he's had, had a lot. But is there? I'm trying to think because I, I haven't followed it as closely. As I don't you. know if there was any celebrities that had a big horse that raced this weekend. I mean, they were all they're they're all famous owners celebrity with celebrities within the the, the industry but the uh you know I, I honestly it's you always hear the story and it's almost every year we have at least a couple of those horses that were bought cheaply made it you know where you bought a house bought a horse for twenty thousand dollars and the horse is 
pulling in close to two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in revenue, whether it's the Oaks or the Der- Derby, and um, maybe one it day. is possible. So when I get older, my practice is booming. I had that experience. Of, I have money that I don't care to potentially lose. <laughs> sure, I had a connection this year with one of the Oaks horses, and um, it was so cool being back there in the barn when she's kind of getting ready to go, and they're they're putting on the the blanket to walk her over, and then I walked them to the rail, and it was it was a goosebump type moment, and it's something that I would I would love to experience. I mean, I'm, I'm probably far away from doing it, but I think from that's what a, from being able to have a horse at that level but you also got to remember that there's been billionaires the vanderbilt family chased the a derby winner for 40 years okay in 1953 they took the absolute best horse wow what a great story Nin- they were ninth this horse was 19 for 20 in his career lost the kentucky derby at the wire and um and that's they never even got back to the derby and so you can have all this money not even not even get there you but know? at least if you have it and don't get there, you're not hurting that you lost it. If you're going in, well, everyone should do it responsibly. I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't. You shouldn't invest more money than in anything that you. But can if you look at, invest. even if you look back, obviously I say secretary because I know the history of that horse. They didn't have the money, no, at all. So had they not, well, she was come up with something, and that horse would have lost a race because they of the state tax like that they were facing and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, they couldn't afford to race that horse. The, uh, Very interesting that the, the people who have thrown money at horses, and billionaires you mentioned, I guess that would be an interesting book. I'm sure there's books out there on it. You know, we should get an author or we somebody. We talk who, to the sheiks. We should get somebody on who's written a book because I'm sure there is somebody who covers and ha- has covered the impact of people who have money and have, like you said, the uh, Vanderbilt family for years. That's an interesting story to me. Is that yeah. is that the people who truly know it and are inside the industry have to turn a profit, right? Yeah, I mean the, the very the, top owners have to be profitable, or they wouldn't be. That wouldn't be their primary. Uh, oh, you know what? I don't know if the on the owners. The, well, that's not their primary source of income. Okay, most so, of them. So are you suggesting I mean, that's their that nobody money. out there that it's truly the sport of the elite and that the people who own it. Yeah, uh, nobody turns a profit within the industry. No, um, there's people who turn a profit within the industry, without a doubt. The trainers are the ones who are under the gun to turn a profit. You know, the most of it's just like a, an NBA franchise or whatever else. A lot of those guys aren't turning big time profits off their franchise, but they do appreciate in value. They do appreciate in value when they sell it. Um, and then when from the horse racing standpoint, if you're lucky enough to have a horse that you can take to stud. I mean, that's really where you make your money as an owner. It's not in the racing side. It's on the, they, they prove themselves in the racing side, and you're able to stud the horse. I mean, that's uh, the Kelly Patrick method, actually. You yeah. make a lot of money that way. Sure. So, you how, know, much do, how do the jockeys get paid? Do they get a percentage? They get a percentage. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. They get a, they get amount, like a, a, maybe so much amount, and then they get a percentage of the winnings. How much did Espinosa make, you think? Well, I think they – I can't remember what the percentage is. That would be interesting to see. I'm sure he's going to get they a have, lofty one after this year. They got for next year. Yeah, I mean. because to me, both those horses he raced master. I mean, he California Chrome last year, and and the way he kept Farrow out of traffic and clean air this year, I, I thought I thought he was masterful. So, so maybe he'll be able to bump his percentage up a little bit next year. Uh, but you know, I, I, overall, I really don't know what the. Um, what the jockeys get paid? I think it's. I want to say it's, it's maybe as high as ten percent, but I think it could be as low as like 
five percent. So mm-hmm. it's probably in that range. And they have they have agents just like anything else who go out and negotiate and try to find the mounts and uh, do all that kind of stuff. So that's what I want to. I want to be a jockey agent. <laughs> you want to be a jockey agent? That would be fun. <laughs> you can do it. I think. You know, I think I could see it. Ashley Miller is now for hire as a, as a jockey agent. So we. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have Steve on the line with us. Not Carolina Steve, but just regular Steve. How are you doing this morning, Steve? Well, this is Carolina State. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, hey, you all have a great show. Uh, I, I enjoy listening to you all every, every weekend, week, weekend morning. And uh, props to Duke and Ryan for putting that kind of talent together. Uh I have a comment on the MD, on the, the Tim Duncan comment from Kelly earlier and on the fight. And I'll make it quick so other people can get through. Uh, when I first heard him, Kelly said, mentioned Tim Duncan could be a possible top five of all time, I, I was just waking up and I'm like, oh, whoa, wait, wait. And that's kind of, I kind of equated it to Mayweather bashing Ali. Like maybe he was trying to get callers. Mayweather was trying to sell the fight. But about 45 minutes later, I, I, my head's clear. I'm, I woke up a little bit better for the day. I started to think if you if you had an alien come down to Earth and the only thing he saw you didn't see thirty for thirty documentaries or goosebump moments in the league or didn't grow up in the eighties and just looked at statistics on paper Timothy Duncan and his stats and then every other partner's stats Kelly actually makes a really good point if you think about it don't encourage him <laughs> <laughs> you know but I, we get and, we get we get wrapped up in statistics and. I can't. I just don't feel like it's all about statistics. I mean, some of it has to be the eyeball test. Aesthetically, it, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were much more um, aesthetically pleasing to watch. But there's no also questions things about that. Can Highlight you? reel material. Tim Duncan is a boring old man, and he has been since the day he came into the league. And there I'm a Tim no Duncan debating. fan. But can you really compare? the league that Tim Duncan is excelling in to the league of Magic Johnson to a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, the talent they're playing against is completely different. I feel I feel you can. I feel the talent today, although not brought up through the typical college system in the way that we grew up with, I feel the international talent is very uh, the international talent, and possibly however, even advanced. Yes, I think the, the, American I think talent the athleticism is advanced. I don't know if the basketball, basketball. IQ is I agree with that. Okay. Well, we, we have, Kelly, you need to write this down how many times I've agreed with Mike today. You have. She, she's right. going to become records. a Kentucky fan and a Republican. I don't know about that. <laughs> but before we let him go, Steve, you said you have another point about Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching the pay, bigger pay-per-view fights in one environment or another since the, you know, the or, or, you know mid-80s, late-80s with Tyson and all that. Uh I think a lot. It's funny because I equate watching these bigger pay-per-view fights to going to a Super Bowl party. You're surrounded by a lot of people who don't normally watch that particular sport, so they'll say some pretty ignorant things like "punch, punch, punch." And it's like you don't sprint in the first minute of a, of a marathon. You know, it takes energy to punch, especially when you miss. But uh, I think people are, are spoiled when it comes to boxing. I, you know where I think most people get their idea of what a boxing fight is. From the Rocky, from the Rocky movies, Rocky and that's movies. Hollywood. So I think people, I, mean, I really think people are spoiled when it comes to that stuff. And when I, and, and another thing, like Pacquiao, he, I read somewhere this morning that he said that well, if I if I known I was losing the fight on points, I would have been more aggressive. I thought the guy, the guy was the pursuer the entire fight. I must have watched a different fight from everybody. Mm-hmm. So those are my comments. Great show.
I thought he was. Yeah, I thought very much, Steve. I, I love the call. Great. So I thought Pacquiao was up after five, and I thought he was even after six. Yeah, so. I thought so too. And when they were uh, showing the other people's uh, scorecards, I guess the announcer's scorecards, I was like, do they see something that I, I don't, don't see? Yeah. Because um, I agree with um, with Steve that Pacquiao was the aggressor the entire fight. He was actively trying to engage with Floyd, and every time he he got close, Floyd grabbed him. The, and the big difference to me between the Super Bowl and these fights is that um, the NFL is not in trouble. I, I, I honestly believe that boxing could be in trouble. I read a someone posted on Facebook yesterday, uh, one of my high school friends. He said the style that Floyd Mayweather fights has ruined boxing. You'd certainly the make a case which, for that. What's that? Cal's ruining basketball and Floyd Mayweather is ruining. We we have an entire another hour to get into that. (laughs) That was some serious shots fired. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports host. We got an entire another hour for you. Stay tuned. It's time for the most electrifying segment in radio, Ashley's Loco Cinco, otherwise known as Ashley's Crazy. <laughs> we lost our other person. He, we did, it, you know. He wanted to hear what it sounded like live and on air. Okay, he's back. Let's try this again. In certain circles, the segment is called Ashley's Loco Cinco, per that introduction. In others, they simply say, Ashley's crazy! <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, of course, um, like we were just talking about, it's been an awesome week of sports. Um, and there's been quite a few crazy things that have happened. Uh, speaking of Kentucky head coach John Calipari... <laughs> Um, he was one of the many big names uh, in sports who were in Vegas last night for the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Um, somehow, he got his hands on a pair of boxing title belts before the fight and took a picture uh, holding the belt standing next to the money team van. Um, so basically, he posted a picture holding the two uh, belts in front of the van, and his caption was, as I was walking in the back door, I found these. Can't wait for a great fight. Uh, so more than likely, Cal was probably taking advantage of a cool photo op versus directly supporting Mayweather. However, he's taken some serious Twitter heat for his picture due to Mayweather's documented history of wait, wait, domestic whoa, whoa, whoa. violence. How's, how's this fair at all? Because isn't Rick Pitino in the, at supporting Mayweather also? He was there. There was photos of Rick Pitino taken at Mayweather's camp in Vegas. Yeah, he, and that he was, was about there. a month ago. He was at the fight too. He was su- at the fight too, supporting Mayweather. Well, let's not focus on that, Mike. Uh, let's go, only support it on no, the. No, no, yeah. go on, Ashley. Well, that was the end of the story. But my, <laughs> what's funny? Um, this would be the second time that uh, fans, particularly on Twitter, are having ridiculous beef and uh, what do we call it? Trolling. Trolling <laughs> over things that they blow way out of proportion. Would that be uh, the Derek Anderson story that you were referring to? That's what I was referring to. Which is really not a story for us because Derek Anderson was on this show like three weeks ago and said the exact same thing that he said on the backside. We were all in the when the, all this happened. 
with Derek, we were all on the backside together. Yes. And uh, Derek got pulled away to do the Diener show and basically said very similar comments to what he said in our show, uh, ex- except in an abbreviated fashion. We had like a whole hour to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And he, you know, he did it in, in his, what, 15 minute interview with, with Diener. Yeah. So obviously I um, read through a lot of the tweets, which totally disgusted me. No question about it. It, it- for those of our listeners who are not aware, Derek Anderson um, played for Rick Pitino at Kentucky. He, along with Jamal Mashburn, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, probably one of the top or one or two most successful NBA players to come from the Rick Pitino tree. He's, uh, I would, yeah. Maybe the most. I mean, he played 11 years. I don't think Mashburn played that long. Mm-hmm. So it depends no. on how you're quantifying success in the NBA, but sure. very arguably the most successful guy to come out. Oh, well, Nazi Muhammad's been in the league for 18 been, years. Yeah, yeah. So I, regardless, yeah. Derek Anderson, one of the most prized possessions of Rick Pitino's coaching tree. So he has, I would say arguably one of the most prized possessions of the University of Kentucky basketball. I would say that too. I'd, sure. put, I'd put him in the top 10 for sure. No question about it. And coming out of the city of Louisville, connections everywhere across the board. He, he, he was recruited by Louisville, ended up not being even offered a scholarship for whatever reason to Louisville, very controversially. Went to Ohio State, ended up transferring to Kentucky. Nonetheless, friend a, of the show too. Well, I mean, let's be let's be honest. He's a friend of the show. A friend of the show. He's been on multiple times, and and we love having him back on. He has been on our show, and he has been a very honest and blunt, which is one of the great values he brings to a show is his analysis of the Kentucky program. And if he calls it that Calipari and maybe the Harrison twins are not implementing a game plan and tactically doing anything that's fundamentally good for basketball. He says that. He doesn't hold back, and, and he did just that on our shows multiple times, and he's been critical of Cal. He said, who would want Cal on our show? He said, who would want Cal to coach their NBA team? He's not necessarily even uh, an on-the-floor coach. He's not really an X and O coach. He's a, I think he, he talked about him being a great recruiter, uh, but not so much of a great X and O coach, which I think truly was on display in the Wisconsin game. So the question mark for me um, is for somebody who um, has built up their tolerance to University of Kentucky fans. Um, that really was a shot in the stomach because I'm like, here's one of your own. This is like one of the prize and joys of Kentucky basketball that tells the truth about your team. Like he's not saying like Cal sucks, get him out of here, like whatever. Because there were some people calling him uh, Rex. Um, two dot two point oh. Like I mean, seriously. Like the fact that fans could even see or even hear something um, Matt Jones wants to tweet out and take that to heart without even listening to the quotes. If you listen to the actual radio interview, it's really not that bad. He told the truth. Probably what seventy. I would say probably ninety five percent of the Kentucky fans that actually know basketball are probably thinking the same thing. But because Matt Jones said he ripped Cal on, on a Louisville show, I mean, good God, come on. I, you know, and it's kind of a catch twenty two because we we criticize college basketball today, and that a lot of it, the problem is that these coaches are over coaching every possession and doing everything. And yet, Cal is obviously the opposite of that, where he does not over coach the possessions and he kind of lets the guys play it out. I think it's a little unfair from the standpoint. I do think that Cal is probably a better X and O coach than he is. It's then he to gets me, credit for to me where it comes in. I think the. And this really maybe has something to do with more of the situations that they've, they've been put in over the last two years is really understanding – it's understanding situational play in basketball, you know. And I think that's kind of where Derek was going at 
It's like, okay, you've got certain situations where you've got to be able to take advantage of what they're giving you, and we're not. And, and Kentucky might not have been able to um, recognize what those were. Which is a basic basketball analogy. Like to me, it was like definitely not warranting the attack that he received. On and, and I don't think media. what Derek was saying was necessarily. I mean, yes, it was directed at Cal, but I think if you listen to our show, it was more about basketball today. Yeah, and I think in, he even you know? in the part of the quote was talking about how he doesn't agree with the one and dones, which is something like he said on our show multiple times. Like that's not new. I would think. A lot of people in basketball, when we talk about the lack of quality in the NBA um, in terms of basketball IQ, have the, they feel the same way. So, I don't know. No question about it. Is that Ashley's Loco Stink? Loco Cinco that was kind of an two? extension of the Cal one story. story. That was number one. That was, okay. number one. that was number one. Moving right along. <laughs> yeah. Ashley's Loco Cinco, story number two. I got deep. It's like 12 minutes in. Um, story number two. So, ex-Nebraska defensive end Randy Gregory's... Uh, Angry, distraught, extremely disappointed um, that he was not selected in the first round of the NFL draft a couple of days ago. Um, so apparently there was some a couple of sources that were close to him that said um, he was positive that he'd be selected on the first day of the draft, which um, is why he agreed to go to Chicago to ch- attend the draft in person. Um, but of course, uh, his draft stock had fallen ever since he tested positive for marijuana at the NFL Combine. Um, some experts had said that he could have been in contention for being the number one overall pick before then. So um, when the first 32 picks went by, his name was not called. They said he took it really hard, said um, everyone assumed that he would drop, but no one predicted that he'd be out of the first round. Um, So it's interesting. I added this story in um, because, of course, then Randy goes on to talk about how, like, He's going to show people why they should have picked him, this, that, and the other. But it's interesting to me how um, the NFL and sometimes uh, wants to play moral police on some athletes but not on others. Because you think about, like, so his his situation was marijuana. Then there was the other guy. The Ray uh, guy. Ray guy who... Um, Not Ray guy the punter, but the uh, guy. Ray guy. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, that (laughs) dropped all the way to the lower part of the first round first round but then you have james winston who goes number one uh the 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 quote that i heard from draft week was uh that if there was a cannibal who was in the nfl draft if he was talented then they would just say he's got a little bit of an eating disorder and they could work it out. <laughs> Jeez. i like that <laughs> I can't deal with you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, that wasn't I, my quote. That was some of that. You know, but but you obviously enjoyed it. Yeah, you repeated I it. I did. I mean, because it's true. I mean, it really kind of comes down to a, but and and that to me is kind of wrong. Like I've, in the NBA and the NFL, both we're judging these guys off what they their physical attributes are, and not necessarily to me being a successful professional is really so much more about those intangibles. Mm-hmm. I mean, this really kind of goes back to that first story we're talking about, and. uh and if we look at who's successful, yes, there's some human beings that are not of the highest quality that are successful in sports, but most of them, uh, most of the successful athletes have their intangibles are are, to- are top notch, you know. And that's why they're so successful. Is they're yeah. very disciplined people, and they, they've got a good head on their shoulders. You're right. There are exceptions, 
Aaron Hernandez. Oh, um, I mean, there's many of them. I don't know. I, I don't like the shade you were throwing toward cannibalism, but well, that's you, a whole different topic. <laughs> I did. We're we, not. We can we can get into that in another date. I mean, I everybody to each his own. <laughs> Moving right along. Story number three. Story number three. <laughs> <What>? uh, <laughs> another shout out for Kelly. Um, boxing champion Adrian Bronner was uh, handcuffed and detained by cops in Las Vegas on Thursday night, um, but was not arrested. Uh, but people were saying that it was all because one of the security guards didn't like the way he was dressed. So people in his camp actually were talking to TMZ. Um, it said he and seven members of his uh, little posse went to a town nightclub uh, in the Venetian and paid $11,000 for a table. They say the host took the money, let them in, so they took the escalator up to the club, and then everything went south. They said the security guard stopped them and said they had to leave because they weren't dressed properly, claiming uh, that their blue jeans and tennis shoes were the deal breaker. So Adrian got pissed and said it was hip-hop night and that Fabulous was performing, so not only were they dressed appropriately, but others were wearing the same thing. So um, the guard however, was not moved and ordered them to leave. Adrian refused, so the guard called the cops. Police came, cuffed Adrian, and took him into some room. He said the police held him for approximately 20 minutes and left him, let him go, and then Adrian and his crew left the hotel. So <laughs> the whole time in the video, you hear Adrian Bronner say, they're just mad because I'm rich. That sounds <laughs> familiar, doesn't it? I love it. I, I don't love that he's an idiot, right? He makes poor decisions, but... I mean, he's in the spotlight. He's a boxer. Is it good for the sport? I don't know, but people know who he is. I don't know if it wasn't my infatuation with Adrian Bronner that we would... Ha- Ashley, I know that you look at different websites such as TMZ, things like that, for mm-hmm. Ashley's Loco Cinco. How prominent is or are Adrian Bronner stories? They're very prominent. They are. So They're he, like he's- right around there with Aaron Hernandez and Justin Bieber. Okay, so Adrian <laughs> Bronner is in today's... Hate it or love it, in today's... Media age of Kim Kardashian being, what you can't deny, is a legitimate star. Adrian Bronner has arrived. He's here. People know who he is. We have won. The day is ours. We have won. <laughs> Lord. Okay. Me- okay. Mo- moving right along. Story moving number on. four. Story number four. So, first question. How often do you see golfers nose-to-nose almost ready to fight? I don't know. I think it's really rare, but I don't, um, we don't usually get golfers. Love <laughs> we, we don't. Can, we this can is, say that. I think this is a especially first. on this the is golf history. course. Dustin Johnson made it one time with his right, but Wait. not on the course for yeah, not it on was the like, course uh, antics. Yeah. Right? So Friday night at the WGC Cadillac Match Play, um, Keegan Bradley got into it with Miguel Jimenez. Um, got into his face on the back nine of their match after Jimenez questioned Bradley's drop off of a. Uh, cart pass so apparently a rules was official was going um over with the group and bradley and his caddy were explaining their drop but yemenez wasn't very happy um so basically one thing led to another and yemenez told hell to shut up and then it busted out from there there's a video footage of this it's pretty good uh, too it's definitely worth yeah it's out. really it's definitely worth watching the uh this is a 28 keegan 28 year old keegan bradley uh, and a 51 year old Miguel Angel yeah, I think the, that is what also makes it <laughs> quite interesting and uh, funny to watch. 
So yep. I see uh, Kelly looks like he's I think if, furiously uh, typing this in his computer. I really feel like Keegan Bradley was very close to trying to pop, to trying to swing at Angel, uh, Miguel, Angel, or Miguel Angel Jimenez. So um, anyway, you know, Bradley's kind of a tough-nosed, uh, like Southie from Boston. So he's, uh, he's not going to take a whole lot of crap. It was, it was pretty entertaining. I'm watching it right now. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. L- thus far, it, it's looking good. It's not quite Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> this is but. good for ratings. This, guys, we need more of. <laughs> we need I'm, more golfers like this. Spicy golfers. If I'm a producer, whoever's in charge of these type things. Uh, what do you think we could get for a McElroy Woods fight? What do you oh, think that'd be get? nice. Gosh. Yeah? Uh, the, um, who would win? Uh, Man, they're both strong. They would, are both strong. I'd probably give it to McElroy just because he's a little bit younger. Yeah, I think I'm going to go that way too. You don't think old man strength plays into it? Neither of them are probably trained. Maybe fighters. in a wrestling well, I think, match. I think Tiger would fake an injury and drop out. Ooh, <laughs> shade thrown. There's a lot of shade being thrown today on the weekend sports buzz. <laughs> All right. And move. here's the ultimate shade. Story number five. Manny Pacquiao thought he won the fight. <laughs> that in itself is that good. in itself so basically i don't know if you all watch this or not but after the loss boxing commentator max kellerman interviewed pacquiao who said he felt he won the fight when asked why he felt that way manny said because floyd didn't do anything drops mike no i mean he won some sympathy votes i bet with many fans who did tune in floyd plays defense that's his game is it- that defense that's the question that everybody kept asking. Is that defense or is that running? I think I think Pacquiao tried to fight, and I think I think Floyd had didn't want to have. Any. Yeah, Pacquiao wanted to brawl. So, and what I said, one of my girlfriends who um, didn't get to watch the whole thing, I said um, to her that the only way to beat Floyd Mayweather is to knock Floyd Mayweather out, because anytime. It goes to a decision. Floyd Floyd's Mayweather going is going to win, and so Manny won a brawl. It's not going to happen. So it's happening. He's winning these matches inside the rules of boxing. I guess mm-hmm. you guess. Where, where where does this come from? In basketball, do we afterward we go? I guess they won based on the rules based of basketball. You know what? Basketball doesn't have that, judges. Discredit them. I, basketball I doesn't have judges that subjectively. Subjectively, meanwhile, judge on a fight. It's basically ice skating. There is a very humorous uh, graphic on social media with a picture of Floyd Mayweather running, like jogging, being chased by the Batman. <laughs> well, I mean, guys, there's um, who's a good example earlier, Mike. You said Tubby Smith, right? Well, that's because everyone locally would have understood that. I mean, who's another example to compare stylistically? What I'm looking for here is somebody who's not the most fun to watch, yet they win titles. The Steelers, when they win it, and they ground and pound, and that's their football style. I think that's I, I interesting like to watch. Actually, yeah. I like it too. I like watching. Try again. Win. Try again. Um. Um. Tennis. There's not a good equivalent. No. Although, Although Andre although Agassi was and Steffi, the yeah, they it was were, nice to see them. They were, they were front and center the entire thing, you know. There are, there are examples, but boxing is a unique sport in that the most popular way well, to fight why don't you put is the not necessarily the most conducive. The San Antonio I Spurs. I actually like watching the Spurs because it's But you and I understand basketball. basketball. Yeah. Okay, the, the, so the boxing traditionalists <laughs> might like watching Manny fight. Yeah. But the, so I, I, like the, I think I liked watching 
Manny. I like watching Manny fight. He, his a, style is much more. He's a box. He's a brawler, he's which a brawler. is how I would how I like to fight. It's watching zero zero soccer is what we watched yesterday. Zero zero soccer is yeah. good. Yeah. People hate it. <laughs> they don't have to tune in. At some point, Floyd Mayweather is going to lose. No, he's no, not. He's not. <laughs> what do you guys He's going to continue doing. He's going to get the. He's, he's gonna, blowing he, through his money. I mean, he's, he's going to continue to fight, and he's not going to be sixty years old and just going. I'm still the greatest. No. I mean, that, that, I heard somebody say last week that when Floyd Mayweather is done boxing, he'll end up in jail because the people in Vegas actually don't like him. They tolerate him because he makes them so much money. When he's done boxing, this little stuff that he gets away with now that he'll be in jail. There's for. no one good enough to beat him. Okay, at some point, what I'm saying is when he's 45 years old or 48. Should he, go, should he try to gain weight and become a heavyweight and see if he can Move massive? all the way up from 147 to 200? 200 something? I don't see that happening. But I'll moving what, up though, to middleweight and fighting the likes of uh, Gennady Golovkin. If he, saw, if he fighted Golovkin, I think I'd, I would probably buy it. It's not going to happen. The highest that Floyd's ever fought at was 154, and he didn't even weigh in at that. Even at the weigh-in. He wasn't even really that close. I think he, most he's ever weighed in at was like 152. And he fought Miguel Cotto and Oscar De La Hoya at that weight. I don't see him moving up. But Golovkin's not far from that, right? He's at 160 or something? He's at 160. There's been rumors that, or, or suggestions that Golovkin should move up to 168 to face the likes of Olympic gold medalist and American Andre Ward, who nobody knows about. And he's not very active due to contractual disputes. But that would be a, a good fight. A good fight, not a super fight. Golovkin versus Mayweather would be great. Sure. Nobody's talking about that as even a possibility. Now. Nope. Couldn't get them both the middleweights? I, I would love it. I would love it. What, what yeah. about, uh, where's Adrian Bronner? Adrian Bronner, yeah, they're, they're supposedly friends. Bronner has fought at 147 before, and that's what Floyd fought at yesterday. That would be, uh, would that be uh, interesting to watch? It would, be, it would sell tickets, yeah. but it wouldn't bring in another country into the mix which is the recipe for these ratings success. That's true. Uh, the Philippines being brought in, Canelo Alvarez bringing in Mexico. That's the recipe for true pay-per-view um, success. And, and pitting financial success. Financial success. But it, they don't it, pay the same thing we pay, do they? Um, I guess they would pay the equivalent, I, whatever their currency. Probably. Their currency equivalent. I know it's not free. I know that they still earn a lot of their, their revenue. And there's a large population of Filipino people in the United States who are crazy about it. One of my good mm-hmm. friends is married to a Filipino girl, and, and uh, her whole family is crazy about Manny Pacquiao. Yep. I think the, uh, he has literally like his entire country behind him. Um, speaking of, let's also talk about how Tom Warner Cable Dropped almost ruined my yeah. experience last night. And how I called them nine times and I got hung up on like seven. Yeah, Did we you? had the same issues as far as like the the place where we were watching it. The <clears throat> tell you, first off, this lady who's our neighbor and her son and my son are really good friends. She watched my kids all day long while we were at the derby from seven thirty in the morning mm. till. And when we got there, she had cooked us dinner. She bought us the fight. What? I mean, it was like who is this good like? woman? I mean, yeah, I'm, Kelly. Was, I'm sure she's married. Don't worry about it. Was, it. <laughs> It was incredible. And then, well, she bought the fight because her husband had, like, you know, they were all at the Derby, too. They had, like, nine guys. So we had, like, nine of us in there um, watching the fight. But we got it, and we couldn't we couldn't get it on the other TV. Oh, the TV. That's what happened in my house, too. Yeah. And then so they had, to, like, we had to watch it on the other TV. They ended up getting it, like, on a delay. We were, like, five minutes behind. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Time Warner Cable. Boo. I'm going back to DirecTV. 
Well, <laughs> I just don't have anything. I haven't had anything since 2011. I love it. You yeah. don't have anything? Nope. All you... right, guys. It's 1127. I got to uh, get you all to pick your favorite story. So you got Randy Gregory and his tumble down the NFL depression. I'm, I'm um, always picking Cal. I'm picking Cal. Adrian Bronner, Cal and the money team. Um, Friday night golf fighters. And Manny Pacquiao thinking well, he won the fight. I want to know if Cal and Rick were sitting next to each other, both cheering on. You know, would, brought together by Floyd. I would bet my arm. Cal and Rick <laughs> brought together by Floyd Mayweather. There you, you go. You think they were cheering for the American? We'll Floyd? see if uh, we'll if we'll see if Floyd comes to the UK UFL game next year and what he's wearing. That'd be uh, that'd be pretty awesome. That would be awesome. Hate him or love him, he's a big, <laughs> relevant superstar. Everybody knows who he is. Floyd Mayweather is a marketing. Call him genius. Call him guru. Call him. Fortunate to be where he's at. Thug. However it works, call him Thug if you want. Um, it's happened before. But he brings eyeballs, he brings attention, and he, he generates revenue. I'm going to go with the golf fight, although <laughs> watching the whole video, it was exciting. But, I mean, no th- punches were thrown or anything. More punches than what it was thrown last night. Oh. Ooh, more shots fired. All right, so I'm going the golf fight. What you got, Mike? You, you said I'll, the, go with, I'll go with Cal. Cal. Okay, Ashley? I'm going with Pacquiao because he was so sincere. And I also thought he might punch the commentator. Yeah, Max was, Kellerman did a good was, job of getting in his face. He was going kind of hard at him. And I was like, you realize he could probably let you out right here. Probably. <laughs> Kellerman's much bigger, but... Kellerman's probably one of my favorite guys in that he covers both the NBA and all the other sports. He's plus, a funny guy. Plus boxing, Sports Nation and all that. I've followed him for a while. I love Max Kellerman. We're going to head to a break. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz every Sunday from 10 o'clock until noon, bringing you the best weekend sports coverage in the city of Louisville and southern Indiana market. We will be back. Be sure to stay tuned. All right, one of the greatest, one of the greatest albums of my generation, Nirvana. Come as you are. I love, I love Nirvana, man. I just, I'm a big Nirvana fan. If I had to choose, like, if, if I had to choose, like, five albums, I guess that were gonna go with me, if I was like stranded somewhere, okay, I think it'd be uh, their Nirvana. Uh, Bleach, I, huh? Was that Bleach? That was the one where the baby was in the pool and all that kind of stuff, where that had smells like Team Spirit. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the album is. I can't believe it. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. I love that album. Appetite for Destruction from Nirvana. I mean, from uh, Guns N' Roses. The Chronic from Dr. Dre. Okay. Um, and this is going to just show me how much of like a white guy I was growing up with this generation. But probably Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. That was, that was a great album, man. I mean, they've had, they had a tons of really good songs on there. So... What about you? You're kind of. I don't know. If I had to pick a top five from like from when we were younger, though, I would pick a Creed's album that had "With Arms Wide Open" on it. Okay. Okay. A very um, successful album. Yeah, I would definitely put uh, Dr. Dre the Chronic on there. I would add Tupac's last album. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Maybe just a, a greatest hits type album. Uh, no, he had the one. It was that, uh, Machiavelli. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, that was what three? Let's see. <laughs> Criss Cross. <laughs> <laughs> they only had the two songs on there. Yeah, they though. had two songs, but still. That's kind of like Dawes Effects. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
Speaking of what, like the, TLC, oh, the TLC, that was a good album. Yeah, the one, uh, the one that was kind of to me that you probably had was kind of an underrated one was the was Black Sheep's album. Oh yeah, that thing was fantastic. It was great. I mean, it was a lot more songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you a big Black Sheep fan, there, Kelly? You know who the Black Sheep are? I don't think so. No, the choice is yours. They played on those freaking Kia commercials. Now you can get with this, or you can get with that. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with that. But that yeah, whole... I was going to say, we're going to take your thug card. If you... Yeah, I really like the Dr. Dre West Coast. And I like Ice Cube. But the jazzier rap is kind of what I get into. The mm-hmm. stuff like Black Sheep and Diggable Planets and, and I, uh, stuff like that. As far as rap, my, my two that I would put in there would be um, 36 Chambers by Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. And um, Ice-T Original Gangster. Okay. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I, I got into that. A long time ago. Not when it came out. It came out in 91. I was... Right before he got on Law & Order? No. Right before, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Um, we were watching... Uh, the sellout. Law & Order. Oh, actually, you know what? New Jack City was on TV this week. And I, I looked at it and I said, when was the last album Ice-T put out? <laughs> Ice-T. I, Ice-T is on Law & Order and Ice Cube is doing children's music, movies. So this is uh, the sellout of both those guys. is kind it's of... Hilarious. It's It's interesting. And um, would been, those would have been the two anti-sellout guys when they were younger, like, for sure, you know. Uh, well, I mean, Ice Cube and Easy e got into it over the sellout kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But, it says his last album was called Gangster Rap in 2006. Why, uh, just like Eddie Murphy or anybody else, why do something uh, when, you, when you put out such great creativity – Create creatively, you've you put such a great um, collection of work out into the world. Why not just go make some money? I have no problem with no. that. I'm not hating on him. No, you get an opportunity to go make some money. If right you're now. Eddie Murphy and you want to be in Shrek 57 because you're going to make a bunch of money from it, I'm not going to hate on you. No, not at all. But there's a big, uh, I guess, going from Eddie Murphy Raw mm-hmm. to Donkey uh, Shrek Three or whatever. So no, it, it very rangy and admirable. I, I <laughs> there you go. Because at some point, a child is going to Google Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what they're going to find will be quite interesting. Does it take away some of your credibility? I mean, Richard Pryor never did that. I mean, no. But I think Richard Pryor is way before the... Sellout. Uh, no, not even that. But the, before the age of like Google and everyone having access to your life story in 20 seconds on their phone. Well, Richard, uh, yeah, and Richard Pryor still did movies that were more family friendly, just maybe not like a kids movie, you know? Yeah, he has some funny movies. He does. That I've watched with my grandparents over the past couple. Richard holidays. Pryor doesn't have to cuss to be funny. That's true. It M- helps. Eminem's a good example. He's had such controversial comments about. I love Eminem. Gays by the way. and and um, domestic abuse and all sorts of controversial topics but he was I'm, in that, that movie the interview and he did you see that you guys i see, didn't see that movie i did see it yeah you didn't i did he was great in eight mile though he was great in eight mile eight yeah. mile was really good yeah it's it my favorite a classic but when i knew that eminem was on a whole different level when he killed his ex-wife on a song yeah you remember that yeah. yeah no question i was like wow if you listen to some of his tracks that's very they're very disturbing. But on the interview, he said he came out and he was playing himself in an interview. And he came out and said, that's that be- probably be- because I'm homosexual. And they said, what? <laughs> what? What? Eminem, what did you say? It's probably because I'm homosexual. 
And he, he just owned that. That was funny. I it got was. a kick out of that. The, uh, Wait, what? Eminem just it it played, played himself oh, and, and yeah. came out as being homosexual during an interview. Right. In, oh. in the movie. Being funny. This uh, being funny. I yes. was gonna say, wait, that's news to me. Uh, no, yeah, that was it was. I had to rewind it and rewatch it. It was funny. The uh, going with some uh, some stories though that we have locally, we got to talk a little bit about Chris Jones. Uh, Think you know, it. Yeah, I mean this this is a problem. Okay, now what we had, and we're gonna go back to the Duke case, and this girl comes out in this Duke case, and I mean you you get a situation where these guys their lives were ruined. Because of these charges. And now it's getting to the point where when you have a woman who actually had something happen to them, it ta- they have to prove their credibility. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's going to full swing because we're having all these athletes. And I'm hoping that the athletes that are getting off are getting off rightfully so. Certainly in the Chris Jones case, it seems like he, that he is getting off rightfully so. I mean, the evidence against the girls is uh, pretty damning, you know. Um, I just, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, Tony, you're, you're a female. Take us through the, the mindset of, of what could happen. Are you embarrassed because of your behavior that you did? Or are you are you caught in a situation where that's your best option to lie, well, to save face? There's, and, and this comes from, me being a woman, me being a women's health nurse practitioner, dealing with women often. I mean, you're the most qualified person to answer this question that I know. I have seen girls who, in the situation, in the moment, had consensual activities. And then... With three different guys over 20 minutes in the bathroom. And then realize that Maybe they thought they had some connection with one of them, so they're like, oh, well, this is my friend, but the other two, you know, it would just be fun. Since I'm now hearing that kids do a lot of that, like, like nowadays, which shocks me. But then afterwards, when they realize that they were used for that experience, then they're pissed, and they're like, oh, well, how can I get back at them? So then they come up with something. And by the way, we're not saying that that this happened. No, no, no. I'm saying that that's a potential situation yeah. the other is that she maybe could have been under the influence intoxicated had no idea what she was doing in the situation and woke up and someone told her about it and then she's like oh my gosh they raped me when in the moment she actually gave consent then there's possible that she had no idea what she was doing and that she was actually right she was actually taken there against her will I mean, there's, it could go so many different ways, but the mindset of a person that would lie about something like that to get people, get someone in trouble and to ruin their lives, like, I cannot even understand that psyche. But there, it's out there, right? It happens. Especially, it I happens mean, a lot. I don't know if anyone's trying to trap Chris Jones because of he's not going to make millions and millions of dollars, but, I mean, but, the Kobe situation. Well, and even, I uh, don't even bring up Kobe, <laughs> but in the Chris Jones situation, and, and, and what you, may, you sometimes will wonder... How much of let's get this dude in trouble comes from the fact that he's just a jerk? Yeah, he, he did not and have a, just a, a like clean him. reputation ahead of time. If he did. Not that someone should ever scream rape and it be a lie but just to, be, to get someone in trouble. And to be fair, I mean, he had this come out against and with two women. And let, I also want to make sure that people understand that he was not kicked off the team because of these charges. He was kicked off the team because he violated curfew and other things that Rick Pitino 
put out there for him to be reinstated. Okay, this just happened to be the timing piece of everything as well. Timing was crazy. Yeah, the uh, when you when you think about going through all this with these girls, and Chris Jones has not got the best reputation. There's two girls that come out. Everyone was ready to throw Chris Jones under the bus. You know, because he was one of the guys that no one would give the benefit of the doubt, right? Because had it been like a 